Watch the video version of this podcast at olderandwiser.com. Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles. And once again, it's time for Older and Wiser with my friend Susan Sikora, who's up there in Northern California. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Bob. Uh, you may have been following this case, I don't know, uh, about the high school football coach in Washington State. You heard about this? He, uh, he apparently got in the habit of getting on one knee on the 50-yard line after every game and praying. Do a little prayer after the game. And nobody really bothered him about it for many, many months. Actually, several years, I think. Until the some of his teammates wanted to join in. And uh, little by little, the whole team ended up, after every game, on their knee, praying to God after the game. The school board thought, mm, we got a problem here. This is, this is a problem. Uh, so they fired the coach after he refused to stop doing it. And now it's gone on to the Supreme Court. So it's a tricky question. What are your initial thoughts on this case? I do have a thought about it, or, or several, because um, I went to Catholic school and then I went to a public college. I was in a lot of productions in college, and before every production, and the college was the public school experience. You mean it theater, a, a theater production? Right. And when I was on stage, before I was on stage, before every show, I always whispered a Hail Mary or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a silent prayer just to, you know, for a little bit of, you know, extra steam from above to do a good job. But you just did this by yourself. Right. And probably nobody would have cared. And the director Uh, didn't ask you to do it. And the director, your teacher, did not suggest that we all gather around and, and say a silent prayer. Right. I don't know what faith my directors even were okay it mm-hmm. never came up yeah um i was catholic i didn't hide that necessarily but i didn't I, I wasn't backstage going in the name of the father and the son i wasn't doing that in an overt dramatic public obvious way so what I are your thoughts about this guy joseph kennedy should he have been fired for doing this on the football field um i my understanding from the story is that he was told not to do it, and he did it anyway. Right. Um, that he was doing it on the field. A lot of people said, "Well, then you know the team might feel they have to do it." In other words, if that's the key. On the team, you got it. That's the key. Right. What happened was and- the the a couple of players came and started doing it too, and then there could be some peer pressure involved, in which the others sort of felt like they had to participate as well. And how do you, as a player who maybe doesn't want to do this, stand back on the sidelines and not go with your team over to pray with your coach at the end of the game? How's, how do you do that, you know, without risking, you know, losing some, some power or some options for yourself on the team? Um. I don't know that that necessarily is the case. It's a possibility for sure. It definitely is an option that 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 could happen. And so as a result, I think you have to think of how these kids are going to feel if they don't feel comfortable joining you in prayer on your knee on the field. Yeah, exactly. That said, uh, I went to a Catholic high school, and I'm sure these guys, I don't remember it, but they probably said a prayer either in the locker room before they came out on the field. I will say the Catholic high schools are a different case. We're talking about a public high school. Yeah. You go to a Catholic high school 
you know, you've decided when you enter that you're going to probably end up doing some praying, and it's all expected and legitimate. But when you go to a public high school, uh, there should be no uh, expectation that you're going to be called in to pray to God. I, I agree. I mean, I think, and, and that doesn't mean that somebody who is religious, maybe like the coach or a different degree, can't say a, a silent prayer to God. Sure. Well, see, that's you, the thing. The guy look, seems like a nice guy. So I'm interviewed on NBC. He seems like a genuine person. He just wanted to thank God for a great game, and he just did it on his own. He says his teammates uh, wanted to join him. He didn't ask them to join him. He didn't coerce them to join him. But what was he going to say? No, you can't. You can't do it. He felt like he couldn't say no. They couldn't. Um, but now that the everything is tipped, so that now the whole team is doing it. Some we assume are doing it uh, because they just want to. There could be some in the group that may not want to. So. But yet they're doing it to be a part of the team. You know, there are political statements, and I don't think that this was a political statement. I just think he was, maybe he was pushing the envelope. Maybe he forgot they told him not to. Maybe he decided he would try it and see what happened. Maybe he was trying to recruit. I don't know what his intention was. But if your intention is pure prayer, you don't have to do it that way. It is interesting that with the conservative Supreme Court that we have, there's the current belief, and now they're supposed to get the ruling sometime in late June, um, but many believe that, in fact, they will rule in favor of this coach um, just because of the, uh, I, I guess, the conservative texture of the Supreme Court now. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that turns out. I mean, it could be argued, some could argue that, well, a, a football game is not school. A football game is an extracurricular activity. And we did it at night. We didn't do it during the school day. Uh, my argument to that would be, well, think of all the other things, the, the school trips, the like you said, the high school play. What if uh, it's the di- director's idea to uh, pray before every uh, performance? And some of the students choose not to because they don't feel it's right. And then, then the next play comes along. Do they, do they not get cast in the upcoming performance of Greece because they're not part of the, uh, the prayer group? I sort of think all of this is a little, a little much ado about nothing in some sense. Because, you know, as I say, if you, if you say a silent prayer, if you really have faith, it doesn't matter whether you do it in a way that everybody sees you do it or whether it's just between you and God. This case could change how everything unfolds in school classrooms across the country from here on out, where little by little, prayer in school will return. That's what I'm predicting. That is the uh, risk here that might happen. All right, so next, um, the pandemic has really kind of changed the way we work. Uh, We are in front of our video screens all day. We are doing our meetings on Zoom. Some companies have opted to make uh, work from home permanent, so many employees now have to have their offices in their homes and sort of make them presentable for uh, the workday. Um, I'm noticing your background it looks different. It looks to me like there's a bathtub in the back of you, <laughs> like you're in a shower. I'm thinking, is he in the bathroom today? <laughs> 
Um, there was an interesting item in the New York Times by author uh, Rhonda Kaysen. She was really talking about how judgments get made about you by your background. Yeah. If you have a beautiful uh, bookcase with some lovely flowers in the background. You don't know if it's real or not. It is, but it's not blooming, which is typical of me, but okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, we make judgments about you. We look at your background and we make judgments. I think you can be by a busy background. Um, I think you can be by a very affluent background. And I think those things can bring with them the possibility of being judged about something that may or may not be true, but you don't necessarily want it or need it in the meeting or the dialogue you're having. Right. So um, I think you want to do a background that is pretty plain, but maybe something on the wall, but nothing controversial. I wouldn't have a picture of the coach praying on the field in back of me. Of course not. I mean, so we have some options. We have homes where we can set up something where we right. can look decent uh, on Zoom calls. But there are a lot of people who have to, you know, they're sharing their home with a lot of people. They may have roommates. They may live in a cramped New York City apartment. Um, I think you could probably find a space in, I mean, there were people who went in their closets. Now, I would never go in my closet, but it's too dark and it would be a nightmare to set up. And uh, and you'd see the the, you know, the, junk will hold in there. It's well, and some people are using, there's a blur feature on Zoom where you can blur out the background, uh, which some people use that. Um, I just, it's been an interesting couple of years with the pandemic and forcing people to use their home space as their office. They're, most are not getting compensated extra for renting a space in these people's homes, you know. I'm telling you, I think you could find a space that works professionally. Um, as far as complaining about, well, I can't, I don't have something beautiful. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It has to be non-distracting so that you can keep your focus on the point of the conversation. And by the way, I understand how people do make these judgments, all right? They might, need, they might even make them and not say anything, obviously. But also, people have to stop judging about everything. I have to judge you on this. And how do you look? And do you look professional? And do you look handsome? And do you look perfect? And is your... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that comes in the workplace. I get it. But also, people have said, I like being home. I don't like the commute. And this is better for the environment. And this works better. And it's easier. And more people who work at home... I've read more than one study, and I'm sure you have too, that has said they put more time in. What we've discovered is that this work-at-home thing has been a actually kind of a surprising success. So many yeah. people really love it and want to stay home. That was one of the things they mentioned is that if you're in a, you know, with many companies summoning their employees back to the office, you're sitting in a meeting and you get to see some of your fancier employees apparently get to work from home while you have to schlep into the office every day. And that you get to see that on every Zoom call. That would kind of bug you a little bit as well. Probably. You know, it's funny because there's a um, uh, there's a situation, I won't say what, but there's an interview show that I watch pretty consistently. And uh, one of the people who does an interview on Zoom does a really good job. But I can see in the background, he's got a gorgeous home. And I'm thinking, boy, he's got a good crib. I wonder what they're paying him to do. His right. Job. I've had that thought. I know the guy you're talking about. Beautiful house, right? The guy with the fireplace going and everything. I mean, it's like, well, really good. I'm, there's a few of them. Okay. But my point is that 
um, people look at that and they start thinking about what's he getting paid and why doesn't he have to get his butt out of there and into an office and do this job? I mean, there's the resentment factor too, but that goes back to I'm making bupkas and you're making a gazillion dollars. So, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff involved with this. It's not just what do you look like there? Do you look like you're in a bathroom right now? You still do to me. I don't know. I keep looking at that. (laughs) They can maybe he maybe he can do that in his bed. Maybe he's got a big bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making fun of my background. <laughs> All right, uh, seven hours of sleep each night is the ideal amount of sleep for people who are middle to old age. Seven hours, not if too. Only- you don't want more. You don't want less. Seven hours. That's the the new. Uh, that's what this new study is telling us. What do you think? I, I wonder if you have to, do you have to have it seven hours at one time or can you fall asleep on the couch for two and then wake up and get five? No, no, it is seven hours at one time. And in fact, um, the, the uninterrupted part of it is what's key. You, if you are someone who wakes up a bunch of times in the night, um, that's not good for your uh, mental acuity or your cognitive performance over time. They're not quite sure why... Uh, you can't sleep longer, and why that has a diminishing effect uh, when you sleep eight or nine or ten hours, but it does. So um, they 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 surveyed five hundred thousand adults, and then did some uh, cognitive testing and asked them about their sleep, um, how how many hours a night they sleep, and and what their sleep was like. You know how interrupted or uninterrupted it was. I don't know if I, I think I could do that. I, I'm okay with seven hours. I have heard that if you get too much sleep, that's not good. I've right. heard that before. I, they don't seem to know why. Nobody know why. But if you get in there and you sleep 11 hours, that's not going to be productive. I've also heard that if you don't get your seven hours or whatever it is, or you get one hour one night because you stayed up and did, you were working on something, and you're, so you're down by six hours. Six hours on the weekend on top of your seven normally is not going to help you, and that you can't make it up. I guess the bottom line is, if you can, get seven hours all in one chunk, and then get up. And try to start your day. Do you know anybody who can do that? Our age? <laughs> older and wiser? Are they older and wiser and sleeping better? I do know a lot of people who sleep very I'm few. I'm guessing not. <laughs> Everybody's getting up in the middle of the night to hit the bathroom. Okay? Let's just say it. That's the elephant in the room. And you're not getting seven hours straight if you got to get up, make a visit, and come back. True that. Absolutely true. All right. A couple of other surveys. Uh, to talk about. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's see. what I, I saw one here that said, if you thought humanity would likely end in the next decade, which of the following would you prioritize most in your remaining time? And this is kind of a depressing topic, but I guess with the war in Ukraine and the threat of nuclear war and climate change, we're starting to worry about whether humanity is, uh, the days are numbered for humanity. According to this, 52% would spend their time with loved ones. Uh, 16% would have as much fun as possible. And uh, only 10% would try to do anything to save humanity. <laughs> hey, first of all, 
What do you think you can do? Look at, listen to the things you just talked about that are going on right now. They're all major. So there's not a lot you can do. So when people say they're not going to do anything to save humanity, it's probably because they think, what am I supposed to do? I'm doing what I can. You know, if you can contribute money to something, fine. If you can pray, fine. On the field or off or wherever. But the point is you can't make these things change overnight. Okay. You can't. You can do your best. I would. I think I would do a little of all of the above that you mentioned. And the biggest thing I would probably do if I thought the world was going to end soon, I'd buy a new couch. <laughs> That's great. Buy a new couch. And I also like the idea of eating ice cream. I would have ice cream every day. Why, you don't do that now? No, 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 no. I should. Yeah, that, that's an easy... That's an easy one. Okay, finally, uh, one other little survey from YouGov. They surveyed 28,965 adults, to be exact. And they asked them, how often do you lie to your dentist about your flossing habits? Um, and um, 8% said every <laughs> single time. 7% said often. 13% said sometimes. And 40% uh, uh, said we never, never lie to the dentist. Uh, how about you, Susan? I don't lie. I embellish a little. And I do that a lot less because I have a water flosser and I do use that quite a bit. I use that. I try to use that twice a day. So uh, and if I brush three times, I'll use it three times because it's right there. And uh, so I don't have to lie anymore. And they do work. So I'm with you. I did the exact same thing. I mean, what's the point? If you lie, if you lie to the dentist... This is what's funny. I remember a woman sitting in a, in a dentist office or a doctor's office, I think it was. I was with my mother. And she says, oh, I don't know how we got into flossing or whatever. And she says, you know what? I don't floss, but I use my electric toothbrush. And I just, you know, and I use it like crazy the week before I go. And they said, are you brushing and doing this? She goes, I said, yeah, you know, and that takes care of it. I'm thinking, honey, if you're doing that, you're not getting something. And it festers and all of a sudden he's going to know or she's going to know whether or not you're doing a good job. And sometimes you can do a good job and you still have a problem. But it's a lot less likely, I believe, if you take care of your teeth. I totally agree. I hate flossing, always and have. The idea of actually flossing makes me crazy. Uh, but the water flosser has become yeah. the answer. I can tell my dentist, yes, I use the water flosser, and it's easy, and I'm not in trouble. It's easy, and if you have to do it, you know, all over your mouth, in on the inside, too. Uh, but, I mean, and even that, I think, oh, if I fall asleep on the couch, and then I get up, oh, i got to brush my teeth. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why this has become such a big thing. There's people who are dealing with a lot more in life than that. But um, the sooner you do it after you eat, the better. Absolutely. All right. We're about out of time, but we do need your final thought for the day, Susan. Well... I do like that bathroom look behind you, I think. But I, I'm thinking even as much as it looks like a bathroom, I don't think I would use it for a background. And um, I think if you're going to pray, think about the silent prayer. That's good. And I it's will tell you this. It, it may look like a bathroom, but I've never used it as a bathroom. Let's just let you know that for sure. Oh, and one other thing. Floss your teeth. Very good. All right, folks, for all the stuff that matters when you're 50 plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, Susan. Bye, Bob.